Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. I'm going to start, um, I just decided to do this uh, this morning when I was brushing my teeth, but I'm just going to start by praying a prayer over you that we're actually going to um, get to later uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a different sermon time. It will absolutely be uh, audience participation. So just kind of get your seatbelts on. But I'm going to start by praying a prayer over you, and I want you to try to receive this prayer. It comes from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. And this is Paul writing, and he's writing for the believers in Ephesus, and he's writing uh, for the believers in, to the believers in Palatine. And he says this, I keep asking that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious, uh, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's his prayer. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength that he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also uh, in the one to come. So that's my prayer over us. And Lord Jesus, I just pray uh, additionally that you would... Uh, pour out your power upon us this morning, Holy Spirit, that you would move on us, that you would stir up our hearts uh, in praise and prayer to you today. So uh, the title of my sermon is uh, Big Prayers to a Big God. And for those of you that are in Rooted, um, you are going to be uh, entering into a week of discussing and diving deeply into the topic of prayer. And it's something that we want to stir up in all of us here at church. And so today we're going to examine our prayer lives as they are today. And we're going to, we're going to expand our prayer life today. Um, and we're going to get prayed up in the church today. It's going to be a, a fun morning for us. And so I just want to, I wanted to begin by asking you guys, like, how is your prayer life right now? Are you um, experiencing everything that you want to be experiencing out of your prayer life? Does your prayer life feel powerful to you? Do you feel deeply connected to God? Do you, have you seen God move in answer to your prayer on a regular basis? Is this the common experience that you are experiencing as a result of your prayers, Right? And so if, you, if you're a person that wants more impact um, from your prayer life, raise your hand. Do you want to experience more in prayer? Okay, good. So if that's you, then um, just let's hang out together for a little bit because we're going to dig into this. Um, so when I was, I know lots of you guys know that I was uh, in the army for a couple of years. And, um, and when I was uh, in the army, I was in headquarters company at Fort Carson, Colorado, and uh, each of the soldiers were issued a weapon. Uh, we were not supposed to call them guns. They were a weapon. And we were all given M16 rifles. Uh, but for some inexplicable reason, and I think I have a picture of it up here, for some inexplicable reason, uh, 
uh, Private First Class Kiefer was assigned a M16 rifle with an M203 grenade launcher attached to it. <laughs> there it is right there. Like, they must have thought, this guy is hardcore right here. Like, one look at this guy, he needs, a, he needs a grenade launcher, right? So I have no idea why in their infinite wisdom they decided that this was the weapon for me, but that's the weapon that, I gave, that they gave me. So I was the only one with it. And so um, we had to train on our weapons on a really, really regular basis. And for the most part, we would uh, be outside in these things called firing ranges, and we'd be shooting at targets way down the line. Uh, but once in a while, we got to go inside, and I got to shoot at a paper target with an outline, like a silhouette of a person, right? And um, what you wanted is a nice, tight shot group sort of in the middle of that target. That's what you were going for. My routine miss, for whatever reason, is that I was always low and left. I don't know what it was. I don't know if I just like slouched or something, but when I would look at where I was shooting, I had a nice like tight group there, but I, my miss was always low and it was always to the left. And I think in some ways our prayers can kind of be that way too, in the sense that it's not that we're missing the target because we don't, but I wonder if we habitually pray in some sort of small area, and our prayers are too low. I wonder if we're habitually praying in some sort of tiny area of life, tiny area of what's in the heart of God, tiny area of what we're called to, so it's always in this little small spot, and I wonder too if our prayer is just too low. Right, And so I wonder, have you guys examined your prayer life recently? Have you, have you thought about it? Have you thought about how you're praying and, and, how, and what kind of faith you have when you pray? Um, because what I've noticed in my own life, and I, I imagine it's true of you, is that we probably pray for the same stuff in the same people sort of over and over and over again. Have you ever noticed that, that, that the shot group of your prayer life is actually probably kind of small. It could be really easy for us to get stuck in a rut or a routine of praying for this one thing, whether it's I pray for healing all the time, healing, healing, healing. I pray for help or I pray for peace or I pray for protection or whatever that thing is. And that just sort of becomes like 80 or 90% of your prayer life. Now, I actually was examining my own prayer life. And one of the things that I noticed is that I'm guessing that about 80% of my prayer life is praying for you all and praying for this church in general. That's pretty much like 80% of my just pray for you guys. Thank you very much. And I pray for the life of this church. That is pretty much all there is to it. But I've been feeling the sense that God wants to call us to a broader and richer and higher prayer life. God wants our prayer life to expand. He wants to raise the height of our prayers. He wants to elevate our prayer, and he wants our prayer life to rise to the level of his power and his glory and his majesty and his goodness. And yet our tiny little shack groups are low and left so often in our prayer life. Have you noticed that with yourself, or is that just me? You notice that. Okay, I need feedback here, right? And I want to say to us that the best prayers that we will pray are prayers that are absolutely as big as the one that we're praying to. The best prayers are prayers that are just as big as the one that we're praying to. And so how expansive, how grand and great have your prayers been? Do they rise to the power and the glory and the majesty of God? 
Do they match his greatness? Do they match his heart and his purpose? Not just for you and your little clan, but your, your, your church, your community, and for the world. Do your prayers match that? And so today, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a couple of prayers uh, in the Bible and Scripture, and I want to invite us to come out of our prayer routines and to engage with some of these prayers in Scripture. And I have, I have reasons for this, okay? I want us to leave our prayer routine and engage in a couple of the prayers in the Bible, and here's why. First of all, it's this. So you and I, we know our own hearts relatively well, right? We know kind of what's in our heart for the most part, Right? And if you ever wanted to know what was going on in a person's life, if you ever wanted to know what was really on their heart, and you could just be like a little fly in the wall, one of the easiest ways to know what's in a person's heart is to know what they're praying for, right? To know what they are speaking to God, what they're, what they're crying out for in their life. That is how you can know what uh, is in a person's heart. So our prayers reveal our hearts, And so what do the prayers of the Bible do? They reveal God's heart. The prayers of Scripture, the prayers that we read from the biblical authors that were divinely inspired by God, when we read those prayers, we get a window into the deepest heart of God. When we read those prayers, when we take those in, this is how we find out who God is, what his character is, what he longs for, what he wants to see in the world, and what he wants to see in us. And again, I believe that our prayers have been too small because they've been confined to the little kind of hemisphere that we live in, but there are much bigger things that God is up to, right? And so I want us to pray the prayers of the Bible so that we can hear the longing of God's heart when he says, this is my heart for you. This is my dream for you. This is my plan for you and for your life. God would say to us, I know what you're praying for and I care about those things, but I have so much more for you than simply that. I don't want you to just, uh, uh, you know, settle for those little things. I have big things for you, so don't settle for less than what's on my heart. Do you guys understand what I'm saying about that? There's another thing as well. Not only is God's heart revealed when we pray the prayers of Scripture, but for any of us who have found our prayer life to be sort of in that rut, sort of low and left, praying for the same three things and the same three people over and over again, Praying God's prayers from Scripture, it places God where he belongs in our prayer life, okay? So for any of us who want to see God more highly exalted, if you just have a heart to see God exalted, if you have a heart to see God enthroned and praised and glorified in your life, then praying the prayers of the Bible puts God where he belongs in a much more powerful way as king and as Lord, right? Because when we pray our own little prayers routinely, 80% of the time, is it true that God becomes not much more than a means to our ends? If we keep praying, God, give me this and this and this over and over again, it is a dangerous place because God can become just a source for us to get what we want and what we need. He becomes small. Because we're not looking for God to do much more than the few things that we are asking of him. In some ways, God becomes like this divine, hey, Siri, to us. Again, it's not complete. I know that we pray a little bit broadly, but I'm I'm just saying, what is the bulk of your prayer life, right? But when we pray God's prayers, God comes out of that box that we have put him in. 
And he comes into the expanse of his power and his personality, and he becomes the creator of all things and the creator of the universe to us again. And so when we pray the prayers of the Bible, we actually declare, your will be done. Your will be done. And that is the prayer that we all need to carry in our hearts. In that place, we become true worshipers of God. Make sense? And there's even more than that, you guys. Praying the prayers of the Bible, it actually clarifies and creates our truest identity. Praying the prayers of the Bible clarifies for us and creates our truest identity. When we pray the prayers of the Bible, those prayers actually become the conduits of our development. It's like pulling out the blueprint together with God, who is the master architect, right? And together we begin to work on these incredible edifices that are our lives, right? Praying the prayers of the Bible, it gives us a vision of who we are called to be, who we could be, what is possible for you and I. And those same prayers, when we get to see what God has dreamt for you and I, at the same time as we pray that, those, those prayers become the conduits of God's constructive work in our hearts. Isn't that amazing? Not only do we get to see who we really are, but we actually begin to enter into that place where God is pumping us with his power and pumping us with our identity, and he's actually building us from the inside out. And so praying the prayers of Scripture might possibly be one of the most powerful tools for transformation that God has if we will join him in it, right? Uh, And so that's what I'm calling us to today, right? The Bible says, for example, um, there's like a, there's a, I just want to keep identifying where we're at. And there is like this challenge and there's a stickiness to this because, for example, I want to say this, the Bible tells us that we are, co-heirs with Christ. How amazing is that? That we are seated at the right hand of God along with Jesus. The Bible says that whatever it is that we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever it is that we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And yet, is it not, tr- is it not true that sometimes our daily experience of our prayers, right? Our daily prayer and our daily experience of those prayers often feel impoverished and needy as we're begging God to give us these few little things over and over and over again, when in fact, you and I are rulers along with Christ. We are righteous. We reign here on the earth in God's place. And so praying the prayers of Scripture shows us who God is. It shows us what God longs for us and wants for us. It shows us who we can become. And again, it's not that our personal prayer things don't matter. They actually matter more to God than they could possibly matter to us. But prayer for our immediate needs can easily dominate our prayer life. And that's what I want to shake us out of because before long, we've painted God into a corner and he's become so small in us. And I I just want to confess to you guys, I... I do this too, right? Like in my heart, I carry a longing. We sent our daughter, Anna, uh, to missions overseas last week. And I just pray and pray and pray that God will protect her. My mom is sick. And I pray and pray and pray that God will deliver my mom of, of sickness. And while I care so deeply, more than I could articulate to you guys, about my daughter and about my mom, God's calling me to a greater thing. He's calling me to more in my prayer life than just Anna and Pat Kiefer. He's saying, I've got so much more. I will give you that and more. Jesus said this, and this is so important. It's so powerful. I I would love for us to trust him in this, even though it could be hard. But in Matthew chapter 6, verse, verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first his kingdom and his 
righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you as well. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and I will give you everything else as well. How many of us seek first the kingdom? How many of us routinely say, to you be the glory, before we do any other thing? It's time for us to raise our sights, to raise our prayers, to get bigger prayers. And so, you know how like every time I preach, I try to send you off with an assignment, like a relic from my teaching days? Well, good news, you get to do your homework in class today. This is going to be very, very exciting, okay? So uh, so here's what's going to happen. I know that like in the typical American church, they don't just like bust into prayer in the middle of the service or whatever, but we actually are coming out of a study in the book of Acts, and in the first church, they would routinely come together and pray over each other, right? So this, when we pray together, this is going to be entirely biblical. You don't have to worry about us getting into heresy or anything like that. Don't be afraid. But what I'm going to invite us to do is I'm going to invite us to get together in huddles of three, uh, three would be an ideal number. If you can't make, if it has to be two or if it has to be four, that's fine. But three is the number. And what we're going to do is I've got two prayers from the book of Ephesians. And what I want you guys to do is I want you in your little huddle of three to pray those biblical prayers over each other. And so what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to read, the, and we'll take it one at a time, and hopefully we have time for both. I think we will. But we're going to take those prayers, and you're going to read the first prayer so that everybody hears it. And I have handouts. Wendy's uh, handing out handouts so that you can have it with you. And you're just going to read it, and you're going to try to immerse yourself in that prayer. And then you're going to pray over one person in your group, and you're going to fervently, passionately, faithfully pray that prayer over that person. And when you do that, when you pray that prayer, what I actually want you to do is I want you to insert their name Instead of where Paul says, I pray that they, you pray that name, the name of that person, okay? Janet, for example. So you pray over that person. You pray that prayer fervently. And I'm going to give you guys like three minutes each, which is actually not a bad amount of time. So you're going to pray that prayer over them and then just add whatever it is that you want to add to it. Drive it down a little bit more deeply. Kind of personalize it. But here's my challenge and here's my encouragement. As the prayer, now listen. As the prayer, I want you to really pray. I want you to really go after it. I want each of you to walk out of here prayed up and filled up and strengthened and touched by God. So when you pray, pray. And as the receiver of prayer, I want you to receive. I want you to suck the marrow out of this prayer. I want you to get everything out of this prayer moment that you weren't expecting this morning that you can. Receive it all in faith. Take it all into your heart. Take it all into your spirit. Just say, God, have your way with me. Speak to me. Speak through me. Move in my life. Okay, now we're going to gather in huddles of three. If you're more comfortable because we're doing this to throw a mask on, you're welcome to do that. Um, one of the things that we notice in scripture is that uh, oftentimes we're called to lay hands on people when we pray. And again, if you're comfortable with that, you could say to the group, if you want to, you can put your hand on my shoulder. That's fine. You don't have to. But, um, 
but we're going to do this together. Now, if you are new here, if this is really, really strange to you, um, I, I, we totally get it. This is a little bit unorthodox for us as well. However, I would still encourage you to join a group if you're, if you're comfortable trying that. And if not, you could just sit right where you are and just enjoy the prayer that's happening and just receive prayer for yourself between you and the Lord. So that's totally fine. If you absolutely need to, you can grab a drink of water in the back or something. But uh, this is what we're going to do. So I'm going to read these two prayers. Are you guys with me? I'm going to read these prayers. You're going to find a huddle of three pretty quickly. And then one of you uh, just, you know, say, okay, I'll go first. And that means you can pray for me first. And then we're just going to pray over each other. Again, let's go for it. Okay, this is awesome stuff. So let me read these. This first, I'll read the first prayer and then we'll get to the second one. I'll round us back up again and I'll keep the time so you don't have to worry about that. Ephesians chapter one, verse 17. This is for all of us. I keep asking that the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. This is crazy. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. All right. So we're going to do this prayer number two, and this is the one we'll end with. This is a prayer, by the way, it's a prayer for strength. It's a prayer to know Christ fully in our hearts. And it's a prayer to be filled with the fullness of God's love. It's Ephesians 3.14. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. By the way, that was a major theme for the first prayer. God wants to pour his power on you. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. You're surrounded by them to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So um, I, Molly just told me this this morning, uh, and it's totally a better late than never thing, but these two prayers, um, there's a guy named Kenneth Hagin who's an old uh, you know, writer and preacher, and, um, and he wrote a book about these two prayers. And one of the things he said was is that uh, after having been a Christian for 20 years and having been in ministry for 14 years, he said he decided to pray those two prayers that we prayed over himself a thousand times. And he said he prayed those prayers a thousand times, and he said it, changed, it radically changed the course of his life. It actually just changed everything about him just by immersing himself in those two prayers. And so I actually lied to you. I know it's like sinful, but I lied to you. You do have an assignment to take home, and it is to choose one of those prayers, maybe the one that just felt most meaningful to you. Maybe it was the one that you feel like you really need the most growth in. But I want to encourage you to take it home and to, to meditate on that, 
to chew on it, to just think about it, to read it over yourself over and over and over again, maybe until you have it memorized, but certainly keep going until it begins to plant truth in your heart, till it becomes to shape, till it comes to, to shape and form who you are and how you see yourself and how you see the Lord and how you see other people. So my big exhortation today is, is let's raise our prayers up. And maybe one of the best ways to do that is just pray the prayers of scripture over ourselves and over each other. Amen.